three beers a piece for each of my co-workers. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. Suds, Beer reviews and attitudes. Good evening, all you stews and deckies out there. It's the captain of this ship, DC Thompson, joined as always by the reigning international woman of the podcast, Brit. We got Brit over there. Brit, it's International Women's Month, and I just wanted to say I wouldn't wish to co host with anyone else. You're the most fun, you have great insights. And you represent a strong female voice on the Suds cast. How long did it take you to write those compliments? I don't know, like <laughs> half a minute. These are just things that are floating around in my hey, brain all the time. Them coming. So, well, that's the end of them. I just wondered, oh. it's because it's International Women's right. Month, if you wanted to make a quick statement or... You're putting me on the spot. I haven't really thought about it much because it's only a couple days into International Women's Month. That's true. We're recording but the first couple of days of March. I guess in the words of Beyonce... Who run the world, girls? Okay, I was. I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. I had a feeling it was girls, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to step on your toes there. Well, Britt, thank you for that. And we're of course recording in the Five Eight Studio, just above Suds Brewery in Guelph, Ontario. Let's let everyone else know. I don't know. Did you notice anything weird in my intro there at the beginning? Well, I noticed that you'd need to go back to French Immersion and work on that accent. That's right, Britt. It's our Quebec episode. Vous êtes excité? Huh? Oui, oui, oui. I recently went to the Ottawa area and brought back a truly heroic amount of beer. And let's just clarify, it was for essential work. This wasn't no vacay. Yeah, it wasn't a vacay. We're it respecting wasn't the like COVID. So got a bunch of beer from the Ottawa region and a few from the province of Quebec. Cool which we're going to sample here in the episode today. Right. So there's going to be a little bit of French going on. Um, Britt, before we get started on the first Quebecois beer, can you just remind everybody how they can get a hold of the Sudscast? Send us an email, sudsbeercast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram, suds underscore cast. Yeah, and if everybody who's listening, you're just going to want to pull out your phone or whatever you're listening to the Sudscast on, and you're going to want to hit that little icon. It looks like a flag or a little sort of banner. That's going to that's gonna set you up to be following the Sudscast. It's going to automatically download any new episode when we drop them, so you won't have to worry about it's, missing out on an episode. It's called Subscribe. Subscribe was the word I'm looking yeah. for. Thank you, Britt. You're welcome. See, this is why you're the international woman of the podcast. Yeah. One and a half years running. Well, Britt, thank you for letting everyone know how to get a hold of the Sudscast. And um, if I could just dust off the old high school French, sans plus tarder, craquons un breuvage. Oh my gosh, did you use Google Translate? I did. That's without further ado, let's crack a brew. Britt, crack that brew. Sorry, Brit. Crack on sa breuvage. What are we drinking? This is, ooh, good crack sound. This is Elephant Mave, light dark lager from La Mer à Boire. I mean, it's dark. Yeah, it's it's a dark, it's a light Elephant. dark lager or a dark light lager. There's no elephants say. on the label. Yeah, so I was going to say there's not any elephants on the label. I don't really know what the reference to elephant is. Brit's pouring these samples of this. It's kind of red. In the glass, it looks 
more black, but I can see it like on the rim of the can. It's a little more reddy. Yeah, like when you hold it up to the light, it looks kind of red. Cheers, Britt. Cheers. This is, of course, Elephant Mave Light Dark Lager. And how much was this can? So I picked this can up. Um, La Mer à Bois, that's the brewery or brasserie, and they're out of Montreal, Quebec. Uh, I didn't go to Montreal, so I picked this up. You know, this is something I wanted to talk about on the podcast. If you travel from Ottawa across the provincial lines into Gatineau, in Quebec, they actually have independent brew shops where you can buy beers from all over the province. So I went to one, shout out to Brouhaha. It's a place that I go to often whenever we're in Ottawa, visiting friends or pre-COVID visiting friends or for work. So I picked this up there. So uh, I believe this retailed there for about five or six dollars per can. Oh wow! I don't know if you went to act- the actual brewery La Mer à Bois in Montreal, what it would be there, but this is probably pretty similar. This is again Elephant Mave Light Dark Lager, three point nine percent ABV. Ooh, it's light. I noticed. What do you think about the taste, Britt? Um, it's not too dark tasting. No. Sorry, I had a thought. Yeah. I used to think that shopping directly from the brewery was cheaper than, let's say, if they had the same thing in the LCBO. Yeah. But I don't think it's much different. But there must be a benefit of buying right from the brewery. Well, I don't know what the rules are in Quebec, but in Ontario, a brewery is not is not legally allowed to sell their product for less than what they sell it for at the LCBO. Oh, okay. Or so- the beer store. Because I guess I always thought going to the brewery, there was a benefit. Like, why not just buy from the LCBO? Well, the benefit is that the brewery, you're cutting out the middleman. So let's say the beer retails at the LCBO for $3.50 and you go to the brewery. Well, that same beer, the brewery has to sell it for $3.50 at the brewery. Oh, okay. But you're cutting out the middleman by buying it at the brewery. So the brewery actually... So the price is the same either way. The price is the same, but the brewery nets more profit by you buying it there instead of at the LCBO. I guess that makes sense, but I guess I realized as I was saying it, if the rules are they can't sell it for less, then it makes sense. Yeah, but then it's every a bit unfortunate. You will see at the brewery they do sell beer that they don't sell at the LCBO, and that might be well, less expensive than some of their other other lines that are at the LCBO or the beer store. Yeah, that's usually the benefit is so for example, some of our local breweries have maybe one beer in the LCBO. Yeah. And that's not always the beer you want. So the benefit is you go there and it's like, oh, look at all the other ones they have. Yeah, by, by, by distributing their beers at the beer store or the LCBO, they're allowed to um, you know, get to audiences that they weren't going to get to right. otherwise, get to different markets. Yeah, different cities. Yeah, different cities. Whereas if you only sold out of your brewery, you wouldn't be probably yeah. making as much or it would cut down. Well, you must, especially now, I also wonder with COVID if some of these breweries... I don't want to say have done better because I think that's probably not true, but I wonder if some of the breweries in different cities have maybe not done better, but reach more people because a lot of them are offering free delivery, right? So a brewery in Oshawa, for example, once in a blue moon is doing free delivery to Guelph. Right. Well, we probably never would have gone there or ordered from them, but oh, you're coming here? Sure, I'll order six beers. Yeah, like we ordered from uh, Little Beasts in Oshawa back in the summer. I think I knew about Little Beasts, but we weren't really like able to get to their stuff because they're in Oshawa and we're not really supposed to be leaving for any non-essential travel. Now, Britt, 
the beer is called Elephant Mave, light dark lager. And as you pointed out, there's no elephant on the can design. Right. But there is a logo on there. Can you look at that logo? I looked at it earlier and I cannot make out what is going on in that logo. Well, it looks like a piece of a windmill. Okay, but is that what it is? I don't know. How am I supposed to know? I know, but so that's okay, but so the name of the brewery is La Mer à Bois, which translates to to drink the bitter. I mean, that's probably a really bad translation. That's like a Google translation. That's probably not how it actually is translated into English or how you would translate it into English. But if it's to drink the bitter, what does that logo mean? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I. I thought it was a windmill, but then I looked at it again. It doesn't really make sense. Looks like it's a, a windmill. cannon. Yeah, there's like a cannon in there. It's like a part of a spider web or like a sonar thing going on. A piece of a clock. Yeah, I can't figure it out. It almost looks like there's like a person's head too. Like there's like a round thing that looks like a, an arm, sort of. Anyway, it's definitely not an elephant. Now, Brit. Elephant Mave means dark elephant. That's a direct translation. Dark okay. elephant. So that's where it comes from, I guess. But unlike an elephant, this beer isn't that heavy. It's it's light. It's light in its taste. No? Did you see... Oh, yeah, it is pretty light tasting. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to see that a zookeeper... I can't remember where the zookeeper was, but a zookeeper recently died because an elephant flung it against a fence with its trunk. Oh, geez. Pretty dark for the <laughs> podcast, Britt. Well, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. I was going to say that you have actually, are one of the few people, maybe in the world, who have actually ridden an elephant. Yeah, and I now, being a bit older and knowing a bit more, I'm not sure if I would do it again. Just in the sense if I don't know if that's like that whole animal tourism thing. Right. So, where did you ride the elephant? You could give some backstory. Oh, yeah. So I was in Thailand. So, I mean, it is a popular thing to do. Um, I did it twice because I was there volunteering. And one time... No, this was like a decade ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. One time, the place that I was volunteering, they took us to ride elephants. And that seemed a little bit more of the commercialized animal tourism. Like, we were sitting on elephants, like, on... Like, they had, like, a seat on the elephant. So I definitely would never do that again. And then the other place that I did it, I like spent a whole day there and it was a little bit more of like a conservation place, but we still rode the elephants. It didn't feel as bad, but now I think 10 years later, knowing a little bit more, I don't know if I would ride an elephant again, but I would probably go and do like the conservation stuff again because it was pretty cool. Like we got to feed the elephants and bath them. And see them playing in the water and learn about them. I mean, they're really smart animals. Right. I remember the one story. Did any of them draw a painting for you? No, I didn't go. There is that place. That's a pretty famous place, I think. Right. And I didn't buy any of the paper made out of elephant poop, which I think is a thing too. Yeah. Their poop is like really fibery, so I think they can do something to it and dry it and you can buy paper. Yeah, they just eat plants all the time. So. Uh, yeah, I think so. That makes sense. Anyway, um, the one story that really stuck out to me about the elephants was that the tsunami, I guess they report that um, before it happened, the elephants sort of sensed something was coming. And so they all started like running for higher ground. Hmm. And I guess there's like a few elephants that saved people 
I don't know if they actually picked them up in their trunks yeah. and like kind of took them to higher ground because they sort of knew something was happening. Well, as we've learned in this episode, the elephants can give life as quickly as they can take it away. Well, I think there's a difference though with the Asian and African elephant. So I don't know what type of elephant it was, but you do hear every now and again, because I think they're really smart animals. Like they're one of the only animals that like have a their own language that humans have sort of been able to like figure out or whatever. Yeah. So I think sometimes they're probably not meant for the captive life. I don't think that they are. They're just so big and smart and they like to roam and yeah. I think being kept in a cage. Just ask Bob Barker. Yeah. As we've determined Bob Barker on an earlier episode, Bob Barker, Barker is still alive, which might surprise some listeners. At least at the moment of this recording, he is. But he wasn't he the one pressuring the Toronto Zoo to get those elephants out of here? Because uh, it was too cold? Was that he wanted them out or he wanted them in? I can't remember. No, it's too cold. I think, so there's no more elephants oh, in okay. most Canadian zoos. Hmm, Bob Barker. So always had a big in- yeah. interest in animal life. Huh. Speaking of interest, Britt, how is this beer interesting you, this elephant mave? It's not elephant bad. mave. I know it's dark, but you... I know you don't traditionally it's not dark. like dark beers. I wouldn't call this a dark beer. I mean, it looks the dark. The color is dark, but the taste isn't. Okay. It's only 3.9. Yeah. Percent. So it's like a light, it's definitely a light, dark lager. Yeah. Light, dark lager. Hmm. It's a bit of an oxymoron. Well, Britt, this is the first beer in the French, I'm going to call this our French episode, our Quebec episode. So shouldn't it all be done in Francais? Well, I mean, if we wanted to bore everybody and really anger a lot of Quebecois people, then that's what we would have done. But I, I just didn't really think that would play so well with our audience. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, I don't really think we have many listeners in the province of Quebec. So you said we should, we should do this episode all in French. Brits, what's your experience with the French language? I did the French immersion. Yeah. So you were in it the, all the grades from kindergarten all the way up? No, because... In Niagara, French immersion didn't start until grade seven. Hmm. So seven all the way through high school. Right. And do you think that that did you well? No. No. But I don't think it would have made a difference had I done it in kindergarten. Although I don't think you and me, I don't think our French is that different. Like I think you're a bit better at it than me, but I don't think because you did it from kindergarten, you had a real leg up on me. Yeah. So I took the French immersion also and in Guelph we had it from kindergarten I did it from kindergarten all the way until I graduated high school so a few more years a few more developmental years for sure probably more what it did is less on the grammar and the communication and more on like knowing knowing the names of things in French versus in English I always found it was weird in high school like kids would make it through like grade 9 and grade 10 French immersion and then drop out and it was like, why are you doing this? You only, in like grade 11 and 12, you only have to take like one or two courses in French each year. Well, Britt, like I had... so close. I had similar classmates who had taken French immersion from the time mm. they were five. And then all of a sudden they're 17. They're about to enter their last year of this. And they quit. And they're just like, no, I'm done. And, and this, in retrospect, hey, whatever you want to do, do it. Yeah. But this, I will say, I did so bad in French in high school. Like, my marks... And I was a pretty 
good student and my French marks were not good. Yeah, mine weren't either. I mean, the main problem... And I did it. The main problem there is that you just want to speak English all the time in class. And I think a lot of your grades were based on... I whether didn't, or not you were actually immersing yourself in the French language. I didn't get in trouble much in school, but I got in trouble by the French teacher. For what? Talking. In English. No, talking during someone's presentation. So which you, like, so you isn't were talking nice, during, I guess, so but... just back up. You were talking during someone's presentation in French? Obviously not, because we were like... Well, whispering. that's why I said in English. Yeah, but he hauled me out like after class. He like made me stay behind and like yelled at me in the hallway. Wow. I know. Ouch. Why not? What was the teacher's name? Name him. I can't remember. It's International Women's Day. Name him. I don't remember. You don't remember? The trauma has probably just kind of... I was like holding back tears. Wow. I didn't get in trouble very often. Could you cry in French? Did you learn how to do that? (laughs) No. Oh, we did. And then you know what else we would do? I don't think I did it, but to... I think our science teacher was Madame Baudouin. And people would say... Um, it would really annoy her, but instead of saying we, everyone would do it with like a really bad accent. Yeah. Like we, we, or something. I don't know. Yeah. And they, she hated it. Like she broke into English to yell at us. She was so mad. Yeah. We had French immersion teachers in high school who would break into English all the time to yell at us because Mm -hmm. it was just like, if you yell at us in French, we're not going to know what you're saying. And... That's kind of was almost like you knew you had broken a teacher when that happened. Yeah. Because some of them were like hardcore French and had like French accents and stuff. Well, she has a French name. Like she yes. was French. Yeah. So it was like yeah. for them to break. I, I have an interesting story from middle school. We had a, a French immersion teacher who was from France who came on like an exchange to teach us poor, poor kids and that poor, poor French man. Oh my God. We speaking, talk about breaking somebody. I think his expectation was he was going to come in here and just be speaking French to us and we would know what's going on. It's like, nah, nah. We had no clue what he was saying. Because, I mean, not only are we learning French, but we're probably learning like a very, uh, just a very like simple version of French. I'm confused because some people say that. If you're from Ontario and you go to Quebec, they hate our French because it's France French. Yeah, okay, that's true. So, but we'd also I don't know. we would also like you know how we would learn a lot of times, especially at that age and into high school, is we would watch like French programming on TV. Yeah, these were all like Quebec TV shows Programs. and things like that. So, but this poor guy, he came in and like I remember we had have like three hours of French in some some days of the week, and it's just like for him to break his. Speech and have to speak in broken English because his English was not very good. Yeah. Like, it just, again, really reiterates the fact that we were, A, really bad students, and B, like, in some ways, the French immersion program was kind of, like, broken in that it kind of... I mean, it pushed kids like me yeah. through the system, and I had, like, I was not good at all. I don't know. There's a lot of controversy about it because some people think it's creating, like, an unequal school system... Oh, there was definitely like a class system in our yeah because we would we would be in French French immersion and English school like would not be separated where I was so there was definitely an elitist an elitist attitude for us oh. French kids like we thought we were so much better I than well the my kids. grade seven and eight was at in an English school but like do you think we associated with any of the English kids Oh no I yeah. don't think so no we didn't know any of their names. If they ever talked to us, it was probably just to taunt us for being in French immersion. But I was sort of happy because 
it was nice to like not go to school or not be with some of the kids that I was in grade six, like younger school with. It was mm-hmm. kind of nice. Like sure, we're all at the same school, but like I'm yeah. in French immersion and see y'all later. Right. Because you were mean to me in grade six. Right. Well, I hope we're not going to be mean to Elephant Mave, light dark lager from La Mer à Boire. Because Brit, it's time for us to give her a review. And I'm going to... I'm going to put it to you in French, Brit. Is Elephant Mave, Light Dark Lager from La Mer à Boire, a frisson, volonté, ou déchet? That's thrill, will, or swill. I guess volonté. Just a volonté. Hmm. That's a will? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It didn't really blow my socks off. Okay. I don't know if I... See, I thought it was going to get a higher mark from you because you don't really like dark beers, and this one looks dark but doesn't taste dark. Yeah, not I don't know. To, I'm not trying to impact, impact your score. I don't think I'd pay five or six bucks to drink this can again. Mm. Slash travel to Montreal to get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it was pleasant to drink. I mean, I guess I guess if you want a dark looking beer that tastes light. Yeah. It's worth a sip. But I don't know. It was nothing like crazy. It was okay. Okay. I don't know what those were. So thrill, will, or swill. Drew. I'm going to give it a volonté plus. which so is well plus. Yeah, well plus. Um, I think it's kind of interesting, the dark, dark light lager, or light dark lager, however you want to say it. I think it's an interesting style to go with. 3.9%, it's definitely sessionable. You could have a few of these and it wouldn't really impact you too much. The price is a little bit expensive, but again, if you bought it at the brewery, it might not be that yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. Um... I would have liked to seen an elephant on the can in some well, way. Well, they get some points for a bit of mystery. Well, there's definitely mystery because that, and that's why I'm giving them plus two because most breweries, you know, the, you look at the logo and it matches whatever the name of the brewery is. And I'm swear, like I keep looking at this logo and I cannot figure out yeah. what is going on here. Like I think we might post a picture of the logo on our You're Instagram have and, to. and ask see if we can do it by committee. But I like it. I like the uh, I like the taste. It's pretty good. Um, it has just like a little bit of roastiness, a little bit of darkness, but uh, not a high percentage. So, volonté plus for me, volonté for Brit. It's not bad. Yeah, pretty good for our first Quebec beer of this Quebec episode. Brit, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our second beer. And, ooh, we might have a little game to play. Uh-oh. Everyone stay tuned. This is the Sudscast. Brit, that's and here we go. We're back. It's the Quebec episode. We have two beers from Quebecois breweries here on the Sudscast, and we're about to get into our second one. But before we can, it's time for us to open our journals and flip back and back and back several pages to something we didn't know, something we got wrong. Something we need to learn more about. Everybody, it's time for a French edition of Brit's Bit. Brit's Bit. Brit's Bit. Brit's Bit. Brit's Bit. Brit's Bit. So, anyway, I think so we didn't know about the name. So, according to the internet, so I was on the internet. Well, it's not in French. And I think you need to go back and correct that when you say something we got wrong because it was clearly something you got wrong. Okay. So we were talking about, 
I don't even really remember what we were talking about, but you said flatware in reference to plates. Yeah, we were talking about how the can, the label on the Goldie APA was the same color as the as our flatware. Right. I'm saying flatware in quotations because yeah. I'm about to be schooled. And I'm pretty sure I immediately tried to correct you and you wouldn't fully let me. No, you said... Is flatware the plates? And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure flatware the plate is the plates. And then you quickly grabbed your phone and started looking it up. And yeah, because I, kind of just moved, I knew. I moved past that because, as everyone knows, what makes a great podcast is not sitting around waiting for someone to say, gotcha, with their cell phone well, Googling. Flatware is not plates. Britt, you forgot to say, gotcha. There's no point. Okay. Flatware isn't plates. It's cutlery. Oh, wow. Okay. So what are Duh. the plates called then? Plates, dishes, china. Hmm. Not I thought it was flatware. flatware because the plates are flat. No. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So then what would you call it? Bowls? Um, bowlware. Yeah, exactly. Uh, roundware. You're wrong, so move on. Okay, moving on. International Women's Month. And then I think we were talking about pearls because that is one of the anniversary year gifts. I don't yeah. remember what one. I believe that was number 35. Something. 35th year. I think, oh, and we didn't know what they came from, but I think essentially nowadays most of the pearls that anyone would have are cultured or farmed, and they're in pearl oysters and freshwater mussels. Oh, okay. So we said oysters, and then we were talking about clams, I think. Yeah. And then I said, well, clams seem too inexpensive to have pearls in them. But I think most of the pearls you see today are farmed or cultured. They're not uh, natural. But from farmed oysters, though, I think. Right? Pearl oysters and freshwater mussels. Right. So they're farming the oysters and those are generating pearls. Yeah, they're basically making. Yes. It's like the way they farm salmon. Same concept. Yes. they. I think they've created yeah. this. Because they're not... The ones in the wild are pretty rare nowadays. Britt, have I ever bought you anything with a pearl? No. I didn't think so. Hmm. What are your thoughts on oysters just in general? Disgusting. Well, have you ever had one? Uh, I don't even know. I, it's not something I want to venture into. Why not? I'm not into mussels and any of that stuff. We call it shellfish. Yeah. yeah you're not a big shellfish fan. You no. don't even like shrimp. No. Which is weird. Most people like shrimp. Well, I was told I was wrong, and I accept that. Good. Thank you for educating me, international woman of the podcast, Brit. In another educational rendition of the Brit's Bit. Now, Brit, we're moving into our second beer of the Quebecois episode. Quebecois episode or Quebec episode? Quebecois. Quebecois episode. I don't know. This is our second beer. This one's called Espace Libre IPA from Brasserie du Bas, Canada. Brit, are you going to... No, you're opening Cracon un brovage. Okay, here I go. I'm going to crack on the Le Brevage. Oh, Ooh, I got spray. Got some spray there. This is, again, Espace Libre IPA from Brasserie du Bas, Canada. This is 7% ABV. Ooh, this one looks juicy. Hazy. 7% ABV. Brasserie du Bas, Canada is a newer brewery, and it's located in Gatineau, Quebec. So I did a quick pickup at this brewery. This Espace Libre IPA retails in their brewery for about $6 a can. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, beer in Quebec is expensive. Hmm. 
Hmm. I'm not sure. Well, it's certainly an IPA. But it's like sweet. But it's like sweet without like the... I don't know how to say this. It's like sweet without like the thickness of like the IPA or something. Hmm. Well, I think it's because this one doesn't seem to have much in the citrus category. It tends to be, it's sort of the hops are all sort of giving off a very sweet flavor. So I think sometimes the citrus is nice because it balances out the sort yeah, of... Yeah, maybe. It just feels like it tastes kind of thin. Like as hazy as it is, I thought it was maybe going to be a little bit thicker. Yeah, it's hazy pale. It almost looks like a pineapple juice sort of. Espas Libra, of course, translates to free space. Mm-hmm. And on the can there, Britt, what do you see on there? Well, it looks like bingo. Yeah, it looks like a bingo Kinda. sheet, which I guess in the middle Not of... quite, but... In the middle of a bingo sheet is the free space, which everyone just gets for free, right? Do you have any experience playing bingo there, Britt? Yeah, my 18th birthday. What do you think I did? Uh, you went and played Kino. No, I got me some bingo dabbers and went down to the bingo hall. Yeah, the bingo hall where? Bunting Road, Niagara. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, people <laughs> won't know what Bunting Road is. Well, I don't know when you said where. I don't really know what you were referencing. Well, I meant like what city, what region. Oh, St. Catharines. Okay, there you go. Because Guelph doesn't have a bingo hall. Yeah, I guess not. It too, was the only thing you could do when you turned 18. Too high society. Yeah, we don't have a bingo hall here, but it seems like a lot of other communities of Guelph size have them, like St. Catharines. Bingo is kind of fun. Yeah, so what I was mean, your experience doing bingo? It's a little... You didn't do it very often. It was just kind no, of like that one No, it was a little too intense. Yeah. Like, I think you don't just buy a card. Like, I'm pretty sure it was sheets. Like, you know, when... You remember when you'd go to, like, those restaurants and they had paper placemats? Yes. So it was, like, something kind of like that with, like, a whole bunch of different, like, cards bingo games on it yeah so you would buy like so one i think you play them like, all at once yeah, you have like eight cards going yeah on, right and but like some people there would have like four or five sheets yeah going yeah it seems like so it's, it's just a bit it's one of those games where it's like kind of like uh there's a lot of pros at it you know but i would like to play again i mean it is kind of fun now i know that this is maybe a little bit a while ago but do you remember was there any particular characters in that bingo hall that you recall like do they have any special trinkets, good luck charms? Not that I, I don't really remember, but I mean, you just remember it is a, it's older ladies. Yes. Multiple bingo dabbers going. Right. And I think this was still at a time, I don't know if you could still smoke in there. I can't imagine you could. No, you must not have been able to. It wasn't that long ago. No, I don't think back then you would have been able to smoke in there. No. Although the people in the bingo hall were probably still annoyed about that. Um, yeah, because if you're in there for hours just playing bingo and you can't have a cigarette. So did, did you win big then? Or? No, I don't think I won at all. No, you didn't win anything. No. So what was the advantage of going on your birthdays? Because you were legally allowed to gamble? Is that what the thinking was? Yeah, like when you're 18, the only like milestone thing that I could now, that I could now do that I couldn't before is vote. Right. Which that didn't matter because there was no election going on that day. Right. And gamble. So I could then buy lottery tickets, go to bingo. So it's like, well, why not do that? You were aware at the time that there was two casinos. In you can't Niagara. go to the casino till you're 19. Oh, really? Oh, is that because of the alcohol? Must be. Yeah, must be Because I did. I went to the casino on my 19th birthday, like stayed up till midnight and went. Oh, okay. So was at the casino at like 1230. Did you win big then? No, I don't think so. Wow, not Never a lot did. of luck on your birthday. No. Hmm. 
Well, Britt, how's the Espas Libra IPA treating you now? I think my comment is still... I think I was expecting just it to be... I don't know if that is the right way to say it, but I wanted it to be a little thicker. Thicker? Maybe juicier, and it's not. Hmm. See, I'm tasting this, and it's tasting kind of juicy to me. I think it's just... It's like a mellow juice There's flavor. something just missing for me. I can't... I don't know. Hmm. Watery. It's just not thick. Yeah. So this is from, again, this is the Espace Libre IPA from Brasserie du Bas, Canada. Brasserie du Bas, Canada. That means Lower Canada Brewery, mm-hmm. which is what Quebec used to be called. Back yeah, because like, Ontario was Upper Canada. Yeah, Ontario was Upper Canada. And there actually was, I'm not sure if Upper Canada Brewery is still around, but there was a, a brewery called Upper Canada. So this is their kind of counterpart, their Lower Canada what do you think about the logo for this brewery? It's kind of neat. I mean, oh, I didn't even notice. It's it. a little. It's still somewhat confusing. Uh, not as confusing. Oh, as yeah, the, that's kind of cool. The la la mer à boire. That looks. Uh, I don't know if hipster is the right word, but it looks kind of. It looks like hipster. the tattoos that like young people get now. That are just like a line and a dot. Yeah, it's like a whatever. hand. Yeah. Uh, a star. But I actually I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Although not really a lot of meaning to be gleaned from the name no, of the brewery for the logo, say. but similar to what we found with La Mer Wall. Yeah. Well, Brett, we've talked a little bit about bingo. Or do you want to play like a bingo game right here? Now, we don't have like a bingo game traditional where there's balls in kind of a cage and we're going to pick them out like that because we need a third person for that or some kind of an app and we don't have that. So we're going to go a little bit different, Britt. I'm going to give you the number and you're going to tell me which letter it corresponds to on the bingo card. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. 13. N. Ooh, no, that was B. 13 is in it's, the... There's 13 squares on that one thing? Well, no. It's it's numbers ranging from 1 to 15 is the B. So 13... Oh, it goes down 1 to 15? Well, no. When you look at a bingo card, it doesn't go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It goes 1, 7, oh, 8, right. okay. 11. That's oh. all in the B category. Right. Right? Okay. So I, I'm not sure if you understood how that works. Yes, I did. I didn't realize it was 1 to 15. Okay, okay. I'm not trying to condescend to you. I'm just trying to make sure that... <laughs> trying to the mansplain next, it. I'm not trying to mansplain it. I'm trying to help you do well at the game. There's a difference. Because I don't want you to get like very frustrated here. So, okay. So we have the next one. 55. Well, this seems like I've kind of given you the keys to the game here, but... Well, I already knew the key to the game. I just didn't realize it was 1 to 15. You know, but now you're counting on your hands, and I feel like... You're... Fine, I. Okay, well, you don't have to just give an answer if you don't... You can give a legitimate answer. I was trying answer. to figure it out. Okay, so do you give... Is that your final answer or not? Final answer. No, that was G. 55 is in the G. Okay, 29. <laughs> I yay she got one. Oh, and I should also say I should have mentioned this before every uh, number also has a, a kind of a shout out that people who are at the bingo hall do so like every num- every time so someone says B so the person calling the number says B13 and then that number corresponds with uh, a shout out line so do you want to know what B13 is Brett? okay so you would say B, 13. And everyone in the bingo hall would say, unlucky for some. Oh. Okay, so now the next one is G, 55. Do you know what it is? Lucky for some. No. 
But 55 is not a lucky number, so... <laughs> I don't know. So, 50, G, 55, snakes alive. Oh. I, 29, rise and shine. Oh. See, those ones rhyme. It's kind of yeah. fun. Whereas the 13, no rhyme. Okay, so let's do the next one, then we'll do the call it after. So the next one's 61. Oh. There you go. Okay, we're two for four. One, There's one more left. Okay, Britt. And then, oh, 61, Baker's Bun. Hmm. And then the last one, 31. And? You did it. You came back, Britt. Ooh, it I looked didn't tight like that there. game. Why didn't you like that game? What was wrong with the game? Okay, let's do N31, Get Up and Run. That's okay. what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because that game was so bad? Yeah. Okay, well, let's do, what was your favorite one? What? What's your favorite throwback saying? None of them. Okay, I was going to say we should do no, that. No, the Rise and Shine one was I-29, Rise and Shine. Okay, Is so let's it? do it together. I-29, Rise, rise and, and shine. shine. Do they have one of these call-outs for everyone? For, literally for everyone. There, and there's like a lot of them. There's like 60 of these, or like 65 Jeez. of them or something. Yeah, there's a call-out for every single one. So kind of how we were talking about the, the people in the bingo hall, it's like, You'd have to be so hardcore to know every one of these and remember them. Well, that might be another Brits bit to figure out maybe the origin of bingo and like where it came from. We'll see if I'm that interested. Okay. If I can't go and play. Well, you could play on an app on your phone probably by now. How fun is that? Probably not. Probably equally as fun as playing it in the bingo hall. Do you remember, do they still do like the Rotary Clubs do the TV bingo? I think they do. Remember? I think well, I remember last year someone on my Facebook, like in Niagara, was like, oh, Rotary Bingo. But I don't think they do that. I don't know if they do that here. I think they do because I'm pretty sure there's a shortstop around the corner from the studio. And I've gone in there and I think on the door there's a sign that said like Rotary Bingo cards Ooh, here. Maybe that's something to get into. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, I think you'd have to have cable TV. I guess. And we don't have cable TV, so. Yeah, darn it. That could have been fun pandemic shucks, Friday night. Shuck snacks. Yeah, we'll just have to play my version of bingo game. Never again. We have like 60 more. I'm going to get you. I'll get you on those. <laughs> you really upset by that, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Why? <laughs> because. You got three out of five. That's pretty good. Yeah, I know. But you didn't even, A, give me a chance to fully figure it out. <laughs> and then B, when I said I was surprised by, oh, B has... 15 numbers i just felt really mansplained why did you feel man is it because i brought up international women's month so now everything i say is mansplained i don't know i just didn't like how it played out okay well you won so i'm not sure why you would dislike it so much and hey uh, with that in mind, Britt, if you ever want to come up with a game for one of these episodes <laughs> in preparation, by all means. Let's trick Drew. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I will be shocked the day that that happens. Oh, it's on. Yeah, okay. Well, Britt, I think it's about time for us to give our review of Espas Libre IPA. But before we can, I just want to give a quick shout out to Broadway Beer Bread, at Broadway Beer Bread, and at Inspiration Bière on Instagram and at NextRog on Instagram who gave me some tips on what breweries to check out and what oh, beers cool. to check out cool. before my trip. So thank you guys. Appreciate it and cheers to you. Britt, it's time for us to review Espace Libre IPA from Brasserie du Bas Canada. Is it 
Et frisson, volonté ou déchet? Volonté. Volonté well, again? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I kept saying it. I know I'm not explaining it well. I just, I don't know. There's just something, like, I think the initial couple sips were too sweet. Now that I've had, like, a last sip, which seems like the bottom of the can, yeah. it's a little, like, I've warmed up to it a little bit. Right. But I think I just thought it was going to taste like something else, and it didn't. Hmm. What did you think it was going to taste like? Well, I keep saying, like, thicker, which I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but it just feels I... like thin. Hmm. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Okay. I don't know if it just, the flavor isn't what I like. Right. I mean, I'd probably drink it again. I don't know if I'd travel there, per se. To get it. Yeah. If we were in the area, yeah, I'd go and have it again. Right. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I got to get this one. I think what it boils down to, I don't know, you're saying it needs to be thicker. I think it like almost has like a very sweet flavor to me. Like it's almost a little too sweet tasting. But it's sweet without like, I don't know, it's like sweet and watery instead of like sweet and like robust flavor or something. Hmm. I don't know if watery is not quite the right word. Like it doesn't taste watered down, but it's like sweet without something. Hmm. I don't know. Drew, thrill, will, or swill? Uh, I think I'm going to go volonté. I think I'm volonté with you. Um, I feel like I've had this kind of IPA before. Yeah, I think it's just a volonté. It's just a will. Yeah, I I was expecting like a little bit more crispness and it's just not crispy enough. Yeah. I like the can design. I think it's pretty neat. I actually kind of like that too. It's like a little, yeah, it is kind of cool. The can. I do like that logo. I think that's a kind of, the logo's fun. But yeah, it's kind of neat. There's like it's like a little bit of a bingo card that's sort of like coming out into space, and then there's some dabs on it, bingo dabbers. I mean, I think it it's probably a brewery that if you're nearby is probably worth checking out. Yeah, it was kind of like I just like I said, I quickly popped in for some curbside pickup there, and um, it's pretty small, but it looks like pretty interesting and pretty uh, modern, like a modern brewery. Yeah, have, I like think I said I don't think they've been around that long. I mean, but... if we live closer, we'd probably go there. Yeah, yeah, seems like, like an it's worth spot. checking out. Yeah, I checked out. That was the only brewery in Gatineau I checked out. I I did some curbside at two other breweries in in Ottawa, and we probably are going to be reviewing one of those beers uh, in the next episode this month in March, International Women's Month. So everybody, stay tuned for that. Um, Britt, I think we're at the end. I think we need to do our cheers. Sign off. Oh boy! And we have a. I think we have a little bit of a French take on it. Ugh, I hope there's no one French listening. If you're French and you're listening to this, just stop the episode right now. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, ready? It's, it's been, been a blast. Et maintenant, il est temps to end the cast. Nous avons dit quelques acclamations and drank some beers. Les adieux sont toujours difficiles. Come back soon. Et apportez des bourgeons. We'll be waiting avec une bouteille de mousse. Ha <laughs>